Bronze. You're a bit thick, really, aren't you? Browns, seasons, thickens, all in one delicious go. Who likes a watery gravy? That's why I use Besto. Hello there, how are you, chaps and chappers? This is uh, Chappy, your British butler. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese. Episode 199. 199 not out. Can you believe it? Cammy, Adam and Ethan. I mean, that's one of the problems that I have these days. I cannot get a very good thick gravy. I like, I, I like almost a little bit lumpy. I don't want it too watery, too insipid. I want a nice bit of thickness when it goes on my meat. Absolutely lovely and delicious. Unctuous, one could say. I hope you're having a lovely Father's Day. That's what I want for Father's Day. Well, I'd love to see my daughters. Uh, that, that would be number one. Um, but uh, number two is a roast. Probably roast chicken. Maybe roast beef. Maybe roast turkey. With a marvellous thick gravy. Yorkshire puddings. I like the Yorkshire puddings the size so you can put everything inside a gigantic Yorkshire pudding. I did see a gigantic Yorkshire pudding filled with tikka masala. Now, I don't know if I'm into the tikka masala Yorkshire pudding so much, but it looked pretty damn good, actually. Soaks up all those lovely juices. I wonder if that'd take off, if I could bring that to America. But you can buy giant Yorkshire puddings in the UK that has all the contents in it. And they sell these uh, in, like, uh, trucks along the side of the road. You can get food trucks with these gigantic Yorkshire puddings and um, all the delicious ingredients inside. Yes, we're a carb-laden feast of a podcast. That's what I like to uh, use as my mantra uh, for creating this podcast. Today, we have a uh, fun-filled show. Lots of the usual uh, nonsense and diatribe. One of the favorite things that I saw during the course of the week, and this was given to me, uh, and I thought it was absolutely marvelous. It was on Twitter. Bouncer. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Me. Why? Bouncer. I have no idea who you are and this is my trampoline. I did see a miracle on the trail and we're actually going to have a trail talk. We're going to get you to get off your posterior for maybe about 10 minutes whilst I ramble on. I continued the podcast uh, whilst on the dog walk today and is a little bit sweaty. Had a bit of the sweaty neck going on. Um, and it's also a little bit breezy. So it's not normally the uh, wonderful sort of uh, FM plus, FM gold uh, that you get uh, audio-wise on the podcast generally. But uh, you can make out what I'm saying now and, and probably really questioning whether I ever do any exercise. Well, yes, you can hear the wind in the background and uh, I'm puffing along like Puffing Billy or Thomas the Tank Engine, one of those... Uh, Big old truckity trucks that going along, chugging along my way uh, along the trail. And uh, we're going to be having that. But a miracle, all miracles happen today. So, what, what's going on, Chappie? What sort of miracle is this? You spent longer than 30 minutes at the gym. You had a day without eating chocolate. Well, all of those things have happened recently. I, I, well, I haven't been to the gym since Thursday. I'm, I'm a Monday to Thursday kind of kid when it comes to the gym. Uh, but no, a miracle. A cyclist went onto the grass for me today. I had a unselfish, empathetic cyclist 
had a corgi with tongue like dragging along here. It was very, very hot. But I had an empathetic cyclist that went onto the grass for me. Can you believe it? Can you Adam and Eve it? That a cyclist would go out of the way. And I, I actually said thank you and I saluted. I didn't click my heels together, thought that I should possibly do that. But I found possibly the only unselfish cyclist in the entire world. And this wasn't somebody with, you know, a rickety old bike with a basket on the front and a bell, my sort of bike. No, professional, streamlined, pointy helmet at the back that makes them look like an alien and all lycra. The first unselfish cyclist. Today on the podcast, on the Butler Emporium Playlist Edition, we are going to be celebrating Paul McCartney. We're going to be celebrating his 80th birthday. I mean, can you believe how many tunes this guy's released? Like B-sides as well. We're not just talking about A-sides. We're talking about B-sides as well. And I thought I knew McCartney's uh, back catalogue. But uh, I, I don't. There was a song that I heard the other day, and I cannot find it on Spotify, Apple Music. Um, you can find it on YouTube, but I cannot find I cannot find it anywhere else. Kicked around no more. It's a B-side from 1993. I do have a version of it. I think this Dutch fellow, who must love McCartney, recorded a rather nice version of it. So we'll be playing that on the Butler and Pouring playlist, and we're celebrating uh, 50 years of Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy Stardust, 50 years, David Bowie's wonderful 1922-1972 album, and we're going to be scattering that into the mix as well today. Find yourself a sturdy deck chair or a hammock that sways along that's very, very sturdy too. Because I always worry about the, the capabilities of a hammock holding up my weight. But if you can get it to like gently sway in the breeze, pour yourself a nice drink. I think I'm going to have a strawberry margarita later, maybe a pina colada, and relax, enjoy the delicious company of your wonderful host, Chappie the Butler. So coming along the way on the podcast, just to recap, we uh, tried to find a way of making live golf more interesting. Uh, We discussed why mirrors were at the gym last time and also the incredibly disappointing soggy sandwich. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking of a perfect gift for Father's Day. Uh, We're also going to be... um, Have you ever got a Karen on customer service? We'll be talking about what happens if you get a Karen on customer service like we did the other day. Also, what happens when a Brit Brit goes to Australia? Yeah, Brit goes to Australia. The fitted sheet dance, we never talked about that. Have you been ever interrupted by a piece of food? The parade of white truckers, my fancy berries, birds reserving real estate for a nest. Uh, Hat measuring, we never had the hat measuring. I did explain and exclaim to you uh, the uh, size of the circumference of my head, but we never talked about hat measuring as well. Uh, Let's do a wave undershirts. We did talk about iced tea bags, a way of cooling down yourself. Forget the top head, concentrate on the bottom head, and stick some iced tea bags down your trousers. Yes, it makes a wonderful thing. My mother was making jam the other day on the hottest day of the year. We talked about the full moon in Sagittarius as well. We have got quite a packed show uh, coming along the way on your wonderful podcast. And uh, so just settle in here. Maybe a, a baby paddling pool would be uh, would be wonderful as well. 
aren't they so much fun i mean we a lot of us uh, can get to pools now in the summertime but there's still something rather wondrous about dipping yourself into a pool and all the grass clippings that collect in there so a little bit of uh, catch-up news from the week here a bottle of tea leaves Here's one for the Americans that escaped being tipped into Boston Harbor on December the 16th, 1773, has sold at an auction for $87,500. It is good to know that the vestige of British tax policy over the last 250 years in the US. Over here, such things barely last an afternoon. Uh, also, uh, Boris Johnson once compared uh, becoming prime minister to grabbing a rugby ball as it came loose at the back of the scrum. Perhaps it, w- it was about to pick up tips about such things that Rishi Sunak popped into a parliamentary reception yesterday and marked Aramis, a Devon firm, being chosen as the official equipment supplier for the Rugby World Cup. Despite the physique of overcooked asparagus, Sunak uh, even had a go at the scrummaging machine. Though he may have found it easier to push Sir Bill Cash into praising the year, it's the one time when a headline of Chancellor seen with hookers is probably acceptable. This is the part of the show I insist that you get off your bottom and start striding, meandering, lulloping, whatever you'd like to do um, in terms of exercise here. But just being on your posterior isn't going to work. So I'm just going to take you on a little jaunt with my, uh, with my two hounds here. And uh, we're going along a bike-ridden trail. I've already seen like three or four bikes, and they never move over onto the grass. They just like to uh, keep going along the path and block you off. I mean, I, I still don't understand this sort of bike etiquette. Are these guys just huge egos and narcissists who will not move out of the way for a, a couple of herding dogs and a an old farty British boy. And uh, of course the dogs have to sniff every little thing because uh, that's their enjoyment. I've seen rather too many snakes recently though and heard of rather too many snakes to feel comfortable with them. I completely the undergrowth. And then the, the corgi just doesn't like to walk. Come on, let's go. I have, to, I have to bribe the corgi to walk with treats. It's probably not the best. It's a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy where I'm feeding the corgi treats um, to get it to walk. But the reason it doesn't want to walk is it's too probably rotund. I'm eating too many treats. I know my bad dog daddy on this, uh, on this Father's Day here. It's a beautiful day. Slight zephyr of a breeze that you can probably here in the background, um, but this is a this is a rather nice trail. It's uh, some little waterways and creeks and rivers. I sometimes see herons. I see foxes here. One time <clears throat> in the last few months, I did see one of the wildlife rangers say that there was a bear spotted. Now I don't know if he just thought, well, here he is. Here's the guy. Typical, typical Brit, probably slightly wimpy, and that he'll probably uh, probably poop himself, thinking that there's a bear wandering around these trails. So I don't know if that was true. I don't think bears come this far 
into suburbia unless there's a lot of good takeout. And I think during the pandemic they were wandering into suburbia to find uh, pizzas. I wish I could get, I mean, it would be great to get like uh, Bear Uber Eats that your bear delivers you discounted food visits season half of it. Something along those lines. I'd like the bear to, to go up to uh, probably around Cherry Creek area and get me a stuffed Chicago pizza today. That would be a perfect Father's Day gift. A very cheesy stuffed pizza that you can get that are very, very hard to find. The sort of Cafe Uno Giordano's type. And see the corgi now stops. I have to find another treat for it. Get it to keep moving. It's like feeding a parking meter. There you go. Come on. There you go. There's a few border collies around this morning as well. Now, my border collie's 11. It has boundless energy compared to the corgi. But they do like jumping over these stepping stones that we're about to go over here. So we're going to take you on a... It's something we're not a child, but stepping stones were meant to be lucky. It's a fairy sort of cast you luck as you stride over the stones, maybe. Something along those lines. <clears throat> the wind's picking up slightly. Heavy, heavy pollen today. Makes you think the day I want to possibly become a beekeeper. You may hear, you may see me have a fate worse than death than run over by a bike if I do refuse to go into the side. Although perhaps for the good of the podcast, it's best that I go into the side. And uh, yeah, I don't want to be caught up in there. Handlebars. All these, all these cyclists are like cyborgs in their lycra and their sort of pointy aerodynamic hats at the back. So odd, emotionless. You know, that's probably why they, they take the trail and they cannot divert off the trail onto the grass because they've been programmed by aliens to, to keep on the, on the bike trail and not, not sort of wander into the grassy area. The grassy mounds. So we're approaching the lucky stepping stone. But as I hop, skip, and jump over, we'll hopefully bring you all sorts of wonderful luck for this Father's Day. Starting to get a little sweaty neck. I'm finding that's the part that always always starts developing little droplets more than anything else. So we're going to hop over the stepping stones and see if it's going to, to bring us any luck today. It's a little bit cooler around here, which is very nice. More of a breeze. We're going with the stones. Probably about six stones there. The dogs really do like 
with a couple of them fallen in a few times. You hear the cabling work. Put the brakes down, it's really enjoyable. took a really long, almost like a long jump. And we're over the, over the stepping stones, right by the awful graffiti. And there we go. You can sit back down. You've had a, hopefully a good score. Hopefully you've been wiggling the bottom of the wall. And uh, now back to the audio sensation in the studio. Cheerio. Welcome back to Pristine Audio here in the Chappy Tower studio. Uh, the physician claimed that the following are actual comments made by his patients, predominantly male, while he was performing their colonoscopies. Number one, take it easy, doc. You're boldly going where no man has ever gone before. Two, find Amelia Earhart yet? Number three, can you hear me now? Number four, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Number five, you know in Arkansas we're now legally married. Number six, any sign of the trap miners, chief? And number seven, you put your left hand in and you take your left hand out. Do the hokey cokey and shake it all about. Number eight, hey now, I know I, now I know how a Muppet feels. Number nine, if your hand doesn't fit, you must quit. Number ten, hey doc, let me know if you have found my dignity. Number 11, you used to be an executive of Enron, didn't you? God, now you know why I'm not gay. Number 13, I could write a note for my wife saying that my head is not up there. Do you mind doing that? I mean, and if you like to link those stories, so we're talking about colonoscopies, uh, link this story here. The average person produces 14 to 23 farts a day. Now, being a doctor doing colonoscopies uh, seems like quite a dangerous pursuit now. Maybe you sort of possibly want to rethink your day if you're taking, I mean, and it's a Russian roulette. The Russian roulette of 23 farts or 14 to 23 farts a day. I mean, that's not a risk worth taking. So it was Paul McCartney's 80th birthday yesterday and over the course of this weekend. The former Beatle has aged with dignity, but not too much of it. And on 60 years after his first hit, he'll be headlining Glastonbury, the Glastonbury Festival next week. There's a lovely scene in Peter Jackson's recent documentary, The Beatles Get Back, that sums up the taken-for-granted brilliance of Paul McCartney. 
It's another day in Twickenham Studios where McCartney is single-handedly wrestling the Beatles into recording a new album. John Lennon, George Harrison, Ringo Starr are best semi-detached, but McCartney is grafting away, writing from scratch songs good enough to make them believe in the band again. In this particular scene, he's at the piano, guiding the band through a hymn-like new number while his fiancée Linda Eastman chats to Yoko Ono. In the foreground, the song they're merrily ignoring is Let It Be. McCartney has always been a doer. He used to be the one to get things moving, Starr said, after the band's breakup in 1970. More driven and more cautious than the others, he became a kind of parent and taskmaster. Sometimes this made him a pain, but as Get Back illustrates a necessary pain, he knew better than any of them what was irreplaceably precious that they had together. Five decades later, uh, he is forging ahead. He recently released the quasi-memoir The Lyrics 1956 to present and embarked on yet another stadium tour. Next weekend, he's headlining Glastonbury for the second time, seven days after the 80th birthday. He said that he considered retiring a prelude to expiring. It's easy to forget how unfashionable McCartney once was. After the Beatles imploded, Lennon did a great job of talking up his contribution and talking down Paul's, and his lopsided view solidified with his murder in 1980, while John was posthumously canalised as the Beatles' soulful revolutionary. Paul was derided as a showbiz people pleaser who knocked out corny sing-alongs such as Mulligan Time, We All Stand Together, a soppy ass. I understood now that there's going to be a revisionism, he told Esquire in 2015. It was going to be John was the one. 2022, McCartney is wildly beloved. This is not just due to the sober recognition that the cultural giants will not be around forever. His reputation has also benefited from a cultural swing uh, away from the troubled rock and roll mavericks and towards artists who managed to combine brilliance with decency. In his book Dreaming the Beatles, the critic Rob Sheffield calls him almost freakishly untortured, a quality that was once uncalled but is now admirable. In an era of free love and buccaneering machismo, McCartney was a dedicated father to Mary, Stella, James and stepdaughter Heather and a devoted husband to Linda. Until her death in 1998, they never spent a night apart apart from one week he was jailed for uh, marijuana possession in Japan. McCartney's emotional generosity defines his songwriting. While Lennon usually wrote in the first person, McCartney's interest in other people in the quiet magic of everyday life is audible in his avuncular embrace of Hey Jude, the bustling street life of Penny Lane, and the profound empathy of Eleanor Rigby. Lennon's sense of humour was barbed and cryptic. McCartney beckons you into the joke. Who else would write a song as charmingly daft as back in the USSR and then recorded alongside the tender Blackbird and the heavy thunder of Helter Skelter? Who else could come up with something as jaunty yet moving as when I'm 64? What's more to do when you're just a teenager? Standards such as Let It Be Yesterday almost too famous to appreciate as entities. The young man sat down and wrote rather than plucking out of the ether. McCartney's catalogue is far from spotless, but he's been writing good to great songs since 1956. Bob Dylan once said he can do it all, he's just so damn effortless. Paul McCartney has aged with dignity, but not too much of it. So I've discovered the perfect gift for Father's Day. The perfect gift for any dad out there. Or most dads anyway. Some dads are not lucky enough to have this. But Fresh Yeti, men's grooming products, the best-selling man's back shaver to look and feel your freshest yet. This basically is an extendable shaver, so you can shave down even the longest of backs. You can shave the shoulders, you can shave down the spine, 
you can shave even just above the bottom crack. I mean, it really is that extendable. They told me to clean my weapons so I wash my hands when your buddy says they've never shaved their back before. I've never shaved my back before in front of my wife. Shaving your back with a dull raver is like scraping a mole. I mean, you do not want these things to happen, but you can get yourself a Yeti back shaver. Have you ever tried to do that? Because I've got relatively short arms. I'm trying to like down my back, hold on to a fairly longish razor and shave where I can. Cutting moles along the way, it's a bit like an operating theater. But this is like a perfect invention. Like you can have it extended just a short amount, just for the shoulders and then down the back that extra amount as well. I think it's the perfect invention and the perfect Father's Day gift. So we were talking the other day about possible trips where I'd like to go. I said, well, I really want to go to Australia. Never been to Australia before. And she said, well, why would you want to go to Australia? Because is everything there slightly inferior British? Well, I mean, I don't think this is true. I wouldn't call the Aussies what, basically sent over many, many moons ago. Um, and, uh, you know, on the prisoner ships, weren't they? You know, be very, very careful around the pickpocketing and everything else like that. Uh, but I wouldn't say that. I think they have, uh, they have rather good chocolate, don't they? I'm wondering, though, if there is a sort of viewpoint that uh, they're always slightly trying to self-improve, grit their way through it. That's why they're better at sports, but there's always something to, to prove. Yes, we're not inferior British. We're actually Australian, and we're much better at sport than the Palms. I mean, I think that's what probably happens. That's why they try so hard, and they're so talented because they don't want to seem like inferior Brits. And they've certainly proven that over the years, I have to say. Have you ever done the fitted sheet dance? Yeah, it's something that we all do because I think most sheets are fitted these days. And although um, luckily on my sheets, I have a label that says top and bottom and uh, then both sides, I still manage to do the sort of hokey smokey cokey when I'm doing when I'm putting the sheets on I mean you put your right leg in your left leg out do the hokey cokey and shake it all about however many times you put the left leg and right leg in and out I can't get the bloody fitted sheet on the bed even though I mean I, I think there's a top and bottom on each side but I think one of the one of the sides fits better on the top and one on the bottom so you have to figure that out for a start. Yeah, I may need to get a permanent marker, marker out and make sure I write left and right on there. So you've got top and bottom, make sure and define clearly which is the top and which is the bottom end and also the left and right. But at the moment I'm burning so many calories dancing around the bed and if you're dancing and you're doing that hokey cokey uh, fitted sheet dance, you're going to stub your toe. There's, there's, it's always going to happen, isn't it? And I stub my toe probably once or twice whilst doing exotic fitted sheet dance. Have you ever been interrupted by a item of food? Well, it's happened quite a few times to me over the years. I think what it is, I, I tend to call people when they're about to eat. Like my good friend Uncle Jim, I'd always call him just at the time of dinner 
and he's never going to stop because he doesn't want a cold dinner. Now, I understand, as I talked on the podcast uh, on Friday, how I hate a cold plate. Really can't handle a cold plate. But Uncle Jim would never stop for a phone call until he's finished his dinner. And I think that's a good idea. You don't want to get too hangry. But the other day I was on the phone with somebody and got uh, interrupted by a breakfast burrito. Like we're about to have a very, very important conversation. And uh, I was interrupted by a burrito and never called back. So I'm thinking that a very, very good breakfast burrito can give you slight amnesia. I think it does happen. And never, I haven't been called back since. The, the, the uh, heady topic of conversation hasn't, hasn't been discussed because of this burrito. Now, I don't know if I've been forgotten forever or if it's temporary. But I know I need to get that conversation in before she wants to eat a burrito again. I saw the biggest parade of white trucks the other day at a construction site. I counted 15 white trucks and all of them identical. Same make, same brand. The last time I saw that many trucks, uh, it was at a Trump rally. Not one when I attended. It was a Trump rally. Let me add that. Along a freeway, American flags flying just before the 2020 election. And there was a, probably about 25 uh, white trucks on that occasion. Uh, but it just makes you, makes, you, makes you wonder how many white trucks does it require to do a construction project. It, it, it's a confusing thing. But birds, though, are much more determined and efficient and enterprising. See, I think birds reserve real estate for a new nest. And that's why other birds, I don't think other birds go back to a nest that they haven't previously occupied. If they do, they build a new nest. So they don't encroach on other people's or other birds' territories. They do encroach, encroach on other people's territories, as my girlfriend found out. Uh, she has a wreath on a door, beautiful wreath made of uh, made of uh, fake pretend flowers, and uh, the bird decided to nest within that wreath. But it's reserved its real estate. I'm just wondering, could it not find real estate elsewhere? Because all the other nests were taken, all the other positions on a on a new street with small trees. All the other real estate was taken, so the bird had to make its new nest in a fake flower wreath but they're much more efficient and and determined and diligent about their real estate duties so i need a new panama hat i know first world problems right but the other ones like sweat laden falling apart slightly doesn't hit fit my head very very well and there's like a sweat band uh, you get the sweat band and there's an actual real sweat band just above the sweat band which slightly discolored the hat so i need to get a new hat and i know that i have a big head have you ever tried to measure, measure your head by yourself before? I, I mean, I'm sure there's all sorts of boys there. Yes, of course I have. No, but I've try, I tried to measure it. First of all, I couldn't find any string that's long enough. I tried an iPhone wire going around the head. That wasn't even quite long enough. I haven't got the extended, but not like I got the six foot wire. I haven't got a six foot head. I do promise you that. So I tried everything. So, and then eventually I used the metal tape measure around my head and sort of guessed at it and um and and thought what else could i have i was i was thought about using a string of sausages i mean where what's happened to strings of sausages these days i mean we used to see strings of sausages hanging everywhere i think in french markets they still hang the saucisson 
Uh, but I can't, I, I mean, I can't find uh, strings of sausage anymore. They're all separate, aren't they? All the sausages are separate. They're, all, the, all the sausages are now orphans. They're not joined together anymore. But I wanted to use a string of sausages to go around my head. But, you know, I think a good maybe maybe half pound of sausages, maybe even a pound of sausages, could probably go around my head and I could measure it in turn. But I couldn't find it. Now, I asked my mother, what size head is that? Well, he's a large. Well, how many inches is that? Because there's hat sizes as well, seven and a half, eight, nine. So I don't know what my hat size is. I know, and I didn't know my circumference size. And my and my other grandfather, um, he, um, I asked, I asked my mother how big his head. He had an extra large head, which I think probably is, equates to the size head I have. But it's incredibly difficult to find hats. Last summer, after um, after Zelda the dog took my hat, um, and I did, we did get it back, and it was in one piece. But that's the same hat that I'm wearing now, with dog slobber all over it. Um, Two or three hats were ordered, all of them too small for me. So I think I have an exceptionally large head. And it was measured, so I got my love to measure my head the other night, and it was at 23 inches. So I have a 23-inch head, which I think is more sizable than the norm. What do you think? Two of the best modern inventions out there. Firstly, mobile dry cleaning. Somebody comes up and picks up your cleaning. Now, I know this has been around for a while, but being a humble Brit, this is bloody amazing to me. I remember taking my laundry to the laundrette when I was at college and and, uh, and uh, taking it over there, but I knew nothing. I didn't cook, didn't know how to clean, didn't know anything. Knew bugger all, basically. And uh, took it to the took it the laundrette, and they did a marvellous job, and they'd fold it, they'd come and pick it up. It was, like, luxurious, but now you have people who come to your house and can actually pick up your cleaning for you. But the best invention ever, one of the worst jobs in the world, if you're a cook, if you're a chef, is cleaning the oven. And you know that if all grease and grime is sort of, and entrails have like caked onto the oven, and you have to set it to that cleaning, uh, cleaning device on the oven where it's extra hot, then your house is going to be smoky for years. I mean, you could basically take some brisket and leave it on the side and it'll be smoke for you. That's how smoky it would be with the inseparable poisonous smoke and using oven cleaner is even worse but now apparently you can have a chap who comes over to your house and he cleans your oven when my mother told me this i was like flabbergasted i think this is the best thing ever and apparently they use non-toxic non-corrosive fumes and cleaning products to, to clean the oven what a brilliant idea because it's possibly one of the worst things you ever have to do i do miss the days of a nice suit I don't know if you heard that Royal Ascot the other day it was so hot at Ascot. I think it was like over 36, 37 degrees, well into 90 degree heat. And they allowed, for the first time, men to take off their ties. It was allowed because you shouldn't have to take off, you shouldn't be allowed to take off your tie at Ascot. Jackets still have to remain, collared shirt, but you could take off your ties. Oh, how I do miss a suit. So here's the next problem that I have. I hate the undershirt. A lot of a lot of American men seem to wear the undershirt, and you unbutton it a couple of buttons, and then you get this nasty T-shirt that's, you know, it's not a not pure white. It's probably a little bit stained, a little bit grubby, a little bit grimy, underneath, and you can see it. Now, gentlemen, I have an idea for you. Why not try a low V-necked? Uh, if you're going to do the undershirt and I abhor it, 
then do a low v-neck so you can't actually see the undershirt underneath how about that as an idea but it sticks out the bottom it's all sweaty now i know it stops your shirt from sweating okay fair enough that's a reasonable idea and i have that problem but it looks awful and it's always so manky and that slightly sort of yellowing color that is indeed very very off-putting so as I said the other day, I think I've become a bit of a complainer. Yes, I've become a bit of a complainer. As I'm getting older, I'm turning into my dad. Happy Father's Day to the old man. Hope he's having, hope he's having a lovely day. But yes, I've complained a little bit too much. But uh, the other day, the perfect thing happened. So uh, ordered some food, fried rice came back burnt. So you get on to sort of Uber Eats chat, start chatting. And guess who your customer service agent is? Your customer service agent is Karen. She's a Karen. An infamous Karen, maybe. Who knows? So you're chatting to Karen on Uber Eats customer service. Karen says, so, 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 so sorry. I apologize for the experience that you're having. But I'm going to have to report you to my manager. Absolutely spiffing having you here for the podcast today. Thank you for joining me, Chappie, your British butler. I will be back again next week for two more editions of the podcast, God willing. Uh, but happy Father's Day to you. Hope you're having a marvellous time. If you like the podcast, like and subscribe where you can. Uh, you can hear me or, or find my my uh, etchings, my uh, my actual etchings, not my audio etchings. You can find me on Keep Cheese on Twitter at keep calm and cauliflower cheese on instagram for all the nonsense i know i have to be more diligent about instagram i am trying but it's so exhausting with this unbridled creative talent darlings to try to put things up on instagram as well as doing the podcast but i will get better i promise you that uh but you can listen on breakers slacker iheart radio apple Podcasts, spotify audible amazon music google Podcasts basically anywhere if you stir around combo fried rice that's with shrimp beef and chicken fast enough you can hear keep calm and cauliflower cheese emanating from the grains of rice you can basically hear me anywhere anyway coming up next we do have a poem but the butler emporium uh, edition of the playlist has some wonders this week so we're celebrating all sorts of different artists this week we're celebrating artists for Juneteenth. We're celebrating McCartney. And also uh, we're celebrating uh, David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust. So we have such wonders as Ebony and Ivory. We have Do I Do, Stevie Wonder. We have Sandana Ross. We have lots of Beatles coming from Let It Be to Blackbird. Uh, we have uh, Beyonce, a bit of Love and Tops and Buster Rhymes. Some Raspberry Beret and plenty of macca to keep you happy. Coming up next though, we have a Father's Day poem. This is a very, very old poem to her father with some verses, Anna Bradstreet. Most truly honored as truly dear, if worth me aught, I do appear. Who can of right better demand the same than may your worthy self whom it came? The principal might yield a greater sum, yet handled ill amounts but to this crumb. My stock so small, I know not what how to pay. My bond remains in force until this day. Yet for part payment, take this simple might. There's nothing to be had. Kings lose their right. Such is my debt, I may say, forgive. 
but as I can, I'll pay it while I live. Such is my bond none can discharge, but yet paying, not paid, until I die. I haven't always been the best father, but I think a caring word and a hug can solve many, many ills. So to my daughters today, I'm very, very proud to be your dad and give you a big hug from the uh, 600 miles or so that I am away today. But I hope you have a lovely Father's Day, whether you're apart from your dads or with your dads. I will talk to you again next week. But until next time, it's Chappie saying cheerio for now.